here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. On Thursday, August 14th, we'll be releasing a special Shake Them Rope SummerSlam preview edition. We'll have a panel of guests as we preview the card for SummerSlam. We'll make our predictions and talk about the direction WWE is heading into this fall. If you'd like to join in on the fun, you can send us your predictions, follow us on Twitter at ShakeThemRopes, email us at Rob at ShakeThemRopes.com, or give us a call. You can give us a call anytime by leaving a voicemail with your prediction on the Skype name. It's Let's Say Things. That's Let's Say Things on Skype. Or on the phone, you can call us 260-494-3811. On Tuesday, August 19th, we'll have a special call-in show from 6 to 7 p.m. Eastern, Jeff and I will be recording live, taking your calls on the fallout from SummerSlam and Raw the next night. You can give us a call on Skype again at Let's Say Things or on the phone, 260-494-3811. Follow us on Twitter for all this information at ShakeThemRopes and visit us. You can see the post with this information at ShakeThemRopes.com. All right, welcome to the show, Shake Them Ropes. <laughs> That's what happens when you don't have an intro planned and forgot what you were going to say. <laughs> Rob McCarran here, Jeff Hawkins, as usual, is Shake Them Ropes at shakethemropes.com. Jeff, how are you today? Doing well. Good. Hope, uh, I, hope, I hope that either the estate of Nipsey Russell or Leaping Lanny Poffo got co-writing credit for last night's Raw. We'll get. We'll definitely get into last night's raw. I think I might be all by myself in not hating last night's raw and actually thinking it was okay. No, I thought it was. I thought it was. Uh, okay. You know what? For a go home show, I thought it was pretty good. I, you know, I just if it, it's like you said, it's an okay show. That if they cut out about an sure. hour of it, would have been a a good to great show. I yeah. thought. Uh, we'll talk about the uh, segments that get, that are getting a lot of buzz, including the Hogan birthday bash, as well as the Stephanie McMahon revenge plan on Brie Bella. Uh, we'll get into all that. But first, we want to go over some uh, some not-so-breaking news notes now that we're a whole weekend out of it. But uh, Alberto Del Rio has been released. Uh, Alberto Del Rio, who last week on our show, as we were recording while Main Event was on the air... Alberto Del Rio was wrestling Jack Swagger in the main event. Uh, and that would end up being his last WWE match. He was released the next day uh, for cause, apparently. Uh, the story going around slapping a uh, an actual employee in the back at one of the shows. Uh, Alberto Del Rio released. Initial thoughts, Jeff, on Alberto getting got. <laughs> I wouldn't put it that way, but... He got uh... got. He's out of there. 
Goodbye. Well, when you're looking to cut overhead and you're an independent contractor as opposed to what I believe the uh, cause of the fight was an actual salaried employee with benefits, that's what kind of, uh, given the choice between the two, mm-hmm. you're, you're much easier to get rid of. So, And plus, you know, he's a guy that's kind of languishing there on the card. He, he's, as some would say, a guy. You know, it really doesn't hurt nor help to have him there. So you, he's expendable. Yeah. Uh, we, so Alberto Del was gone. Go ahead. Now, well, in terms of cause and, you know, the he said, she said stuff, if, if what was said was true, one of two things, either you do eventually have to get rid of said person who said the joke Mm -hmm. or, People need to lighten up. I mean, I get, I get it. You know, I don't know context, and I'm not going to defend it at all. But uh, sure, be angry. Mm-hmm. But there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a difference between something that's really going to tick you off and something that's going to make you punch somebody. You got to keep your temper somebody. in check. Yes. Got to keep your temper in check, and there's no excuse for it. I mean, can you imagine Alberto Del Rio reading the stuff about him on the internet and just like throwing his keyboard or something because of his rage issues? I, uh, WWE came to town uh, last year, Fort Wayne, Indiana. And it was a Sunday afternoon house show, a show that started about five o'clock. And there was a UFC show that night. It was a Sunday night show. So I'm sure there were only one or two of those last year. So I don't remember mm-hmm. the date exactly. But Alberto Del Rio, after wrestling on this Fort Wayne House show, which I did not attend, I actually went to a Buffalo Wild Wings to watch the UFC show, and Alberto Del Rio shows up. He's there watching the UFC show. Nice. Now, at first, you know, the table I'm with, my group of friends, like half of them know who he is, and I was actually pointed out, hey, is that Alberto Del Rio? And I'm like, it sure is. Uh, Someone at the table had a youngster with him, a 10-year-old. And that 10-year-old is a WWE fan. That 10-year-old wanted to go up and get an autograph from Alberto Del Rio. And I'm thinking, probably not a good idea. Let the guy, he just had a show, let the guy cool off. Let's not be the first ones to out him in public. Well, my, my buddy who had the 10-year-old kid wanted to get that autograph for his kid. Like, hey, Alberto Del Rio, I have a kid here with me. Would you mind signing an autograph? No, I wasn't there. Alberto Del Rio is at the bar. Our table is a little ways away. This guy goes up, talks with him. Who knows what he actually said? Alberto Del Rio seems nice enough. He comes over to the table, does the autograph, blah, 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 whatever. Uh, somewhat of a nice guy. Well, this guy offers, hey, can we buy you a drink? Okay. And Alberto Del Rio ends up hanging out at the table with us. Well, nice. not, a, not a big deal. He just wanted to watch the show. I bet in his mind, it, he's probably uh, not so much a target if he's at a table with people than he is at the bar by himself. And sure enough, I think one other person the entire night came up to him and mentioned something, but no one, everyone else left him alone. He just watched the show for a couple hours until he had to leave. Uh, so pretty cool. He seemed like a nice enough guy. He didn't talk a whole lot. He was kind of there at the table, uh, kind of by himself at the same time. Um, but yeah, Alberto Del Rio being released. 
I've been saying in the Raw reports that I write, and then on this show a little bit, Alberto Del Rio hasn't been doing much for me in WWE lately. Uh, He's wrestling the same guys. It's either Alberto and Sheamus or Alberto and Dolph, and I've kind of gotten sick of the matches. And he's been in the same role for a while. Um, He's not a big loss, I don't think. So if you're not going to be a big loss for WWE, you really got to watch right now what you do. Because if you're giving them a reason to fire you, they will take it. I mean, Emma didn't really give them a reason to fire her, and they still did it. They tried. They are looking for reasons to cut bait on a few people because they have plenty of guys on the roster, and they have even more in developmental who eventually have to come up or be cut too. They just have a lot of people right now, and you cannot be on their bad side. Maybe he was just lonely, Rob. Maybe he was. Maybe maybe a Mexican aristocrat gets lonely eating his cheese fries and Miller Lite and watching the UFC, and he just wanted a friend. Now, I, I tell you that story, cutting the lead, because... Uh, let me let me, let me me finish up on, on this, this situation well, before me, you move you, on. You finish or, up. I, I want to mention this. It, it probably didn't hurt that we had uh, a, not, <laughs> a not unattractive lady at the oh, table well, of, the, of the Latino persuasion. Oh, well, you... Probably didn't you bar- hurt that. You, Buried the lead. She wasn't with me, so I, yeah. Um, yeah, but that, that probably didn't hurt uh, Alberto coming over to the table. That said, it's 2014. If you're making Mexican dishwasher jokes, update your material. Get smarter stuff. <laughs> it, it, it just, it's stupid. Mm-hmm. Especially, especially now that WWE's corporate and it's not just, you know, a boys club and whatnot. Especially. Yeah. And especially if you're not you're a Twitter guy. You're a social media consultant or whatever. You're a, you're a dork. Don't don't be fronting like you're some like you're one of them. There there are certain lines in the locker room you can draw, and the towel boy doesn't get to make fun of the offensive line. All right. Mm-hmm. So he'll be gone as soon as they can figure out a way to do it without the lawsuit. Maybe his next review, they go, you know, you've been a nice and loyal employee, but, you know, times are tough. Get Zack Ryder as the new social media guy. Couldn't hurt. He's got experience getting things over in social media. Um, Not really huge wrestling related, but we'll say it anyway because they're both wrestlers, is uh, John Jones and Daniel Cormier. The fight is not happening this year. Oh. In the UFC. I just got home before I got on the mic. So what happened? Uh, literally just broke. John Jones is out. They are delaying the fight until January third. So it is happening on the January show. Did they say the injury? Um, I don't think it's out yet. Bruised pride, sand in the vagina. Um, sand in the vagina. I don't think. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, no, but it does give sure. uh, it does give Cormier a bit of time to rest up the knee. The problem is he needs surgery on the knee. So if he does that, it's a dicey proposition to be back by January. Yeah, rehab that sucker up. But yeah, that uh, that just happening now. So we had Del Rio's firing. Mm-hmm. We have this UFC news. We had, uh, ladies and gentlemen, my name is Paul Heyman, come out. Yes, the Paul Heyman retrospective DVD and mm-hmm. Blu-ray with documentary as well as uh, matches, I believe. I didn't see any of the matches or whatever, but... Uh, I have yet to see the matches. Okay. Yeah, the Paul Heyman documentary uh, reminded me a lot about the CM Punk documentary. Uh, pretty in-depth. Uh, they glanced over the later stages of his uh, career, but uh, pretty in-depth, I thought. Uh, interesting documentary. 
when you have Paul Heyman, who likes to tell a lot of stories and likes to stick to his guns, and then you bring in some other people that may know a little bit more about the truth of the story, I thought it was a very interesting dynamic. Yeah, it was in-depth to a point. And the more time that goes between me having seen it and... Time to think about it? And time to think about it. It suffers from that step removed in the process. You know, if you watch, say, the ECW DVDs that they put out, Mm -hmm. when Heyman wasn't involved and the things that some of the people said on that Mm -hmm. compared to now, I mean, you had no Chris Jericho telling stories about, you know, fake plane tickets and whatnot. It was it was it was a bit of a retcon piece, a bit of a bit of a fluff piece, to be honest with you. I mean, sure, you had Stephanie kind of giving corporate speak in terms of criticism. You know, Paul just has a strong personality in the room. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that doesn't work. It, it felt a bit like a reclamation project almost now that I've kind of been able to review. I mean, I love the old stuff. I love seeing 23, but looking like he's 35 year old. Yeah, he was Paul a, Heyman. He was an old looking young guy. Yeah, he had he had the he had the, uh, he had the receding hairline mullet, which always uh, does not does not help you on At your like looks. Twenty four years old, and and the problem is when you have the subject there who also knows he's the hero of the story. He tells stories in which he is the hero of the story. Mm-hmm. I didn't mind it. I liked it. I enjoyed it for what it was. And there's a, kind of that little, you know, mischievous gleam in Heyman's eye every time he tells a story, as if well, it's true to a point, but at the same time. For a true documentary, you kind of need to have that kind of step removed and, and a little bit more balanced for my taste. But overall, worth your time, I thought. As, definitely, as, definitely worthwhile. As is Batman uh, Assault on Arkham. Best booked DVD I've seen all year. Okay. Is that a cartoon? <laughs> yeah, it is. It's really good. Yeah. <laughs> I watched it on the elliptical today. It's great. Impossible 20, to believe. Tw- 20 stars out of five. Well, that's big, quite high praise. I'm a big Suicide Squad fan. So. I, I watched the documentary for Paul Heyman. I don't necessarily agree with the Reclamation Project part. I, I guess maybe uh, maybe I could watch it again and see it in that eye and see if it uh, makes sense. But um, yeah, definitely Stephanie was, was easy on Paul. But what are you going to yeah. do? He works for you now. No, that's true, and and I get that, and I, and I get it. I get it in the spirit of said things. You don't want to do something that completely, you know, trashes him. It's kind of the well, that's just Paul being Paul. That's about the right height of it. Despite the fact that there are many wrestlers still, you know, a little bit miffed at some of the ways, and but you know, they they kind of addressed. That, it's also been they, fifteen years at the same time, though. Yeah, time so, time wounds all heals. Um, what or heals all wounds? Right. It doesn't Both wound all heels, although sometimes it could. That was me quoting Groucho. Okay. Um, <laughs> they, I thought some of the, the subtle stuff in the Paul Heyman DVD, uh, going through the ECW years, and they would show all these promos. They would show the cut stuff, like Paul Heyman in front of the camera demonstrating yes. to the talent how he wants that promo to go. I, you saw there was one where he was cutting a promo as Little Guido. And then you see the finished product with little Guido cutting the promo and you know, Paul Heyman was better at it. And he's, no, th- that was outstanding. And wants, as, as, yeah. as, as was the honesty about SmackDown and how, it, how it's been treated for, you know, years. Uh huh. Yeah. There, there was a lot of, uh, 
A lot of good stuff. You can tell when Paul was being honest. You can tell a lot of times when Paul was still sticking to stories that may not have been factually accurate. Did you watch the extras? I watched the extras, and the extras might have been almost better than the actual documentary for a couple of reasons. The Joey Styles wedding story. Joey Styles tells a story about Paul Heyman missing his wedding and showing up late, uh, basically with bruises that Paul himself caused to try and make a story believable about him missing it because of a car accident. Uh, he tells a story about Freddie Blassie driving Paul home after a show <laughs> when Freddie Blassie can't drive, but he, he's telling he's telling Paul that all he's doing is trying to get heat when in actuality he just can't drive. Mm-hmm. There were some excellent stories on that. I would say the extras DVD makes it worth it by itself. And the count po- the point counterpoint of, of Todd Gordon and, and and Heyman over there falling out, I thought was really, really good and really and really was the balance i kind of was seeking so maybe i'm so who'd you believe in that so todd gordon is telling the story about how he was talking with terry taylor and wcw and then paul Heyman tells his side that todd gordon was actually trying to start an exodus of talent to wcw and kind of collapse ecw's promotion um not really knowing a whole lot of that stuff going into this dvd who was more believable on the dvd paul or todd gordon I think the truth is somewhere in between. I, I still think it's dirty pool to know somebody's answering machine code and 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 punch it in. And he was listen. ahead of the curve too. He's got tabloids doing that all all the time now. Paul Heyman starting the yeah. trend. I I just don't think Todd Gordon is a big enough name. I mean, I'm sh- certain during that time they were looking for inroads to talent in ECW. Because they had done that before with, you know, Malenko and uh, Benoit and Jericho. But at the same time, I think Gordon was very credible in saying it was guys looking to leave already. It wasn't guys looking to stay around. They wanted to get paid. Mm-hmm. And that seems credible to me. Yeah, I, I could see it being kind of a uh, there's truth on both sides. I thought Paul yeah. was very convincing. And then he seemingly had Tommy Dreamer uh, supporting what Paul was saying in a little well, bit. I th- I think I think at that point I think the one, once you got the truth of yeah maybe Todd was acting as a go between and yeah Paul took it very very personally and then he rallied the boys against Todd I I think they're they're still a little bit personal as if as if it's kind of almost a double standard where you're supposed to be loyal but meanwhile Heyman you know towards the end of ECW had deals mm-hmm so it's it seems a little disingenuous at times, but I think both sides came off strong in their opinion of what happened, even if some of it might have been fudged. Well, now that's that's one of the good things about this DVD. You can go watch it and kind of see who you believe or uh, see Paul in action with uh, with the truths and the untruths. In the story, speaking. in the story of everybody's life, everybody considers themselves the good guy. Yep. With the exception of maybe me, but other than that. (laughs) But definitely worthwhile. I think it was one of the better DVDs they've done. I get a real big kick out of the documentaries that they release. Oh, yeah. uh, Almost no matter who it is. Um, But the Paul Heyman one, definitely worthwhile because it goes into a lot of the early stuff. So A plus. A plus for the Paul Heyman DVD. And Jeff Jarrett's running the Bullet Club. Yeah. Jeff Jarrett uh, again started with New Japan. Uh, the G1 final. Did you watch the G1 finals? I have not. I, I have it, uh, but I haven't watched it yet. I've heard good things, though. It's a good show. It, 
obviously it's a change of pace from the entire build up to the G1 finals because you just had singles matches and tournament focus. And the G1 is, you know, a whole bunch of multi-man matches and some some shenanigans here and there. But yes, the Bullet Club, uh, led by AJ Styles, now has uh, Jeff Jarrett within it. Jeff Jarrett may be wrestling there for a little bit as the Bullet Club. And it appears that I'm looking for more details right now, but the Bullet Club is going to make their presence felt in the U.S. later on this year also. Oh, well, I'm going to wait and see. But uh, give me your opinion on uh, was uh, Time Splitters versus Red Dragon as good as uh, people said? It was is very it Red good. Dragon? Yeah, um, it was not as good. I thought um, Kushida and Alex Shelley wrestled. I think it was the Young Bucks. Yeah, that sounds a, right. On a show just like a month ago, and it was awesome. Okay. Uh, this match was good. Uh, I wasn't really super impressed by all the ROH guys on this show. Um, but that's, what can you do? Uh, it's definitely not Mike Bennett. I just don't, not a big Mike Bennett guy. He's fine. I think he's an okay wrestler, but he's not someone who I would be sending over to new Japan as a showcase for your promotion. In that kind of Rob Conway mode. Yeah. Like I, I like Rob Conway too. Um, but they're not showcase guys. They're good show fillers. Mm Mm-hmm. But they're not showcase guys. Now, of course, Maria goes over to New Japan, so if you're going to bring Mike Bennett. but She'll fill a show. He, she filled something mm. on that show. No, it was overall a very good show. Uh, you had Okada, uh, Kazuchika Okada, winning the G1. So yes. presumably he'll either face, uh, I mean, he'll go to the Tokyo Dome and probably face AJ Styles. But if AJ Styles loses that title to someone like Nakamura first... Uh, you might get Shinsuke Nakamura against Okada again. I think in my only real thought, I mean, I'm looking forward to those matches, is that Jeff Jarrett in the Bullet Club mm-hmm. takes off a lot of shine off of AJ Styles, who was really, really came into his own in this G1 tournament in terms of, you know, getting kind of that TNA stink off of him. No, he's, and been, now, he's been awesome. And now, and now Jarrett comes in and kind of puts it back on him mm-hmm. as a secondary guy. Instead of being the leader, so... Well, at the same time, AJ's going to be on more shows than Jeff Jarrett is. True. So I don't believe it's going to be that bad. Um, okay. Jeff Jarrett is somewhat of a name. Um, I don't know how the fans over there see him now, but, I mean, he's promoted as this American legend, and he got a somewhat okay reaction. Um, and, I, and I like Jeff Jarrett a lot. I, like I just Jarrett, in, yep. in this role, it just seems to be, you know, he's the main guy as opposed to AJ. That's all. Now my buddy uh my buddy Sean was there at the G1 finals live and he said mm-hmm. the crowd not only were they leaving considering the Jeff Jarrett contract signing an intermission type deal uh but those who were watching it were not very impressed so we could see Jeff Jarrett maybe not getting over in this bullet club but at the same time when AJ joined the bullet club originally he wasn't very impressive to the people he's won them over since uh, I don't know if Jeff Jarrett has the work that can really win people over, but it's interesting what they're going to do. I mean, we still have plenty of months until the Tokyo Dome on, Jan- on uh, January 4th. Um, I think it'll be Styles and Okada, but we'll have to wait and see. Well, the audience there also doesn't like shenanigans, and yeah. Jeff Jarrett brings shenanigans with the you know the guitar and interference and whatnot. He does. But that is, uh, I definitely don't watch New Japan enough to know 100% what's going on, but the last two weeks of the promotion has been epic. 
and trying to get through all these three-hour Monday Night Raws while watching the G1 has not been the easiest thing to do. No, it hasn't. It, it really hasn't. And then we had another Raw last night. Last night's Raw was the go-home show to WWE SummerSlam coming up this Sunday on the WWE Network for only $9.99. Or if you are not a monthly subscriber and would like to subscribe for one month only without renewing it automatically, you can for only $12.99. You can get SummerSlam on Sunday. How's that for a deal? Pretty darn good. It's all right. If you just want to watch one pay-per-view, $12.99. And you know what? There might be people who watch this one pay-per-view, see the other things on the WWE Network, and decide, you know what? For 10 bucks a month, why not? Why not just sign me up? Yes. It was a Raw where Paul Heyman, once again, mm-hmm. passed your girl Stephanie as the nope. best performer in the business. Nope. Yes. She did not, or he did not. How dare you call him a she? First of all, he was behind already going in. How dare you? He evened up I, and closed. I, he cl- closed it up a little bit. But did oh, he overtake Stephanie McMahon last oh, night? Absolutely God, not. Yes. No. Oh, you are so wrong. Uh, he, the promo he cut on the WWE Network special after, I thought was, uh, was equally as good as the one he cut on the Raw show. Did you see the Network special, the Brock and Cena hype special on uh, WWE Network after the Hogan bash? I did. It was good, right? It was it was it was great. A lot of it was uh a lot of it was just the promos they had showed on Raw the week before. That's fine. It's but there great. was some new stuff, including yes. the Paul Heyman stuff. Mm-hmm. Let's get into that. We'll just go uh big through the big stuff here on WWE Monday Night Raw, starting with that opening segment, because the Brock Lesnar Paul Heyman stuff did open the show last night. Uh you had Paul Heyman coming out and cutting a rap on John mm-hmm. Cena. Now, the hey. one thing I will say about why I don't believe this promo alone caused him to overtake Stephanie for non-wrestler of the year is he says a lot of great stuff, but sometimes he says it more than once and it kind of takes the crowd out of it because he just keeps going and going. I thought it was a little long for my liking. I think he could have gotten the same point across a little bit shorter, Uh, but the rap he cut on John Cena was excellent. Uh, Paul Heyman is a superstar and He's making everyone excited, I think, for this John Cena-Brock Lesnar match. I think it turned a corner. SummerSlam is a big deal now because of this main event, and people are into it. I I think Heyman's promo combined with Brock's smirk. That's always a great dynamic. That smirk is is more over than 50% of the roster, at least. Well, you have uh, Brock Lesnar will occasionally smile at something Paul says. Yeah. Uh, you really get the feeling, and Paul said this in his promo after WrestleMania last year, is Brock Lesnar barely tolerates me. Like you, If Paul Heyman did one thing to upset Brock, you could see Brock killing him right there. Mm-hmm. Like Brock is just smiling at certain words and standing there menacing as Paul Heyman puts this guy over. And it's, it's a great dynamic. Paul Heyman is single-handedly making this show something else. Brock Lesnar in these uh, promo videos where he's sitting down has been excellent. Uh... John Cena, for the most part, has been really good, except I think you would agree. Uh, you said it last week. The parts where he starts putting over how Brock is not a company guy kind of gets over it a little bit. Oh, and he did it again this he, week as well. On TV, no less. Yeah. He did it in his... The John Cena promo on this show was effectively what he said in the video the last week. There was not a whole lot new from John Cena. 
No, but it, it had a pattern to it, and, and it's kind of become a thing. He kind of swerves you a bit, and then he starts out with wacky Cena, mm-hmm. goes into serious Cena, which is awesome, goes into corporate speak Cena, comes back into serious Cena. Now, segments two and four are fantastic. Segments one and three stink. Yeah. <laughs> so... Um, no, but overall, I mean, you got to give, I give Cena C plus B minus for that promo, maybe even a little stronger. Maybe I'm being too critical of it. I really, I, I liked most of it. Mm-hmm. I'll put it that way. So, and, and, and the Heyman one was great too. Yep. Heyman was great. So we had Heyman and John Cena on this show, uh, basically word battling each other during Paul Heyman and Brock Lesnar's segment. They did intimate that they would be back later on in the show and they certainly were. As we go along to the show, uh, I wanted them to bring a doggy bag from the restaurant they went to. Yeah. Well, Brock Lesnar <laughs> doesn't leave food on the table. He eats it all. Oh, Paul could have. Maybe Paul. Yeah. Dessert, Paul. you know? Yeah. But that Paul Heyman rap, go, uh, go watch that promo just for the Paul Heyman. We had a couple of raps on this show. Mm-hmm. We would have one later on. Um, Seth Rollins got his win over RVD. Proving to everybody that maybe the authority made a mistake putting Heath Slater in the ring last week. If RVD is so easy to beat, beat him in about seven minutes. Af- yeah. Yep. Yeah. The, uh, the well, <laughs> I liked the uh, the homage to Dick Slater slash Abdullah the Butcher for uh, Dean Ambrose. I really did like that in the package. Yeah, we had uh, we had a whole bunch of presents, gifts on the ramp, the entrance ramp as decor for the Hulk Hogan birthday bash that would be celebrated later. And there was this giant package on there. Seth Rollins beats RVD, goes up to the stage celebrating, sees this giant package. And he's thinking, would Dean Ambrose be a lunatic enough to be hiding in this package? And it turns out he was right. Because Dean Ambrose storms out of this box, starts beating on Seth Rollins. Uh, They beat down uh, each other to the ring. Ambrose is going crazy. Rollins escapes through the crowd leaving Ambrose there to cut a promo on him that he cannot run on Sunday because we're going to get a lumberjack match, which is announced on SmackDown. It's a lumberjack match for Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose. So neither one will be able to run away. That makes no sense. And you know what? It even makes less sense because of the Heath Slater booking. And I'll tell you why you have Dean Ambrose, who is a fiercely independent person who trusts mm-hmm. nobody and nobody likes him. And he kind of brought up that point in that promo when he selected it. That was part of his reasoning. And you have Seth Rollins who has the stroke of the authority behind him that can replace people and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So what is keeping the authority from selecting all these lumberjacks that would then surround the ring? There are other matches you could do. If it's just not run away, you could do a dog collar match. You could do a strap match. You could do a bull rope match. You could do a cage match. You could do a yapappy strap match. <laughs> you could do good, I guess. You could you could do you could do a catch as catch can match where Dean Malenko will roll out and get get disqualified twenty seconds in on mm-hmm. accident. You have a variety of matches you could do here. Lumberjack just. In context, makes no sense. But, of course, I'm not allowed to look at storyline and continuity, I guess. I don't know. Am I wrong here? 
the match itself for the reasons he gave makes sense. I don't know if it's the best one he could have done. I, the whole reasoning is everyone in WWE superstar wise hates Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose. Mm-hmm. They hate him from their time in the shield. So Dean Ambrose doesn't want to escape the ring and run away from Seth Rollins. So he doesn't care if the lumberjacks hate him because he's not going to get out of the ring to be beaten. This would keep Seth Rollins in. Now, of course you could do a cage match or a whole bunch of, uh, you know, strap match, something like that to keep Seth Rollins in. For all I know, Seth Rollins can climb atop one of the corners and jump into the crowd and escape if he really wanted to. Not if he's attached at the wrist. Not in a strap match, but in a lumberjack match he can. Um, Yeah, in a lumberjack match he could. He's not going to, so it doesn't matter. No, no, it's... it's, The reasonings make sense, but I don't like the fact that Dean Ambrose is relying on other people to keep Seth in because, as you said, his whole gimmick is that he's a loner. Yeah, and it's just taking that extra step of care. In yeah. thinking about things. And a month That's ago, all. he's talking about how it's hilarious and fun for him to chase Seth Rollins. Because eventually he's going to get his hands on him. Well, apparently he doesn't like the chasing anymore. He's tired of it. <laughs> yeah, and I think it's just a cynical way to get a lot of people out there that aren't on the card. Mm-hmm. What, was th- what was that? Did you hear that? Yes. I dropped something. Oh, Okay. You know, I thought you, I thought you might have died or that something. That was the windstorm. There's a or, huge windstorm going out. I thought you might have Things killed yourself shaking. over my poor opinions on something. Not yet. Well, just that, said, I just said I don't want to co-host with him anymore. It's too oh. soon. Too soon, Jeff. Okay. Too soon. Sorry. Um. Yeah. So uh, that's uh, Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose. Thing. We'll we'll talk about that more on our uh, SummerSlam preview uh, mm-hmm. show, which we are doing on Thursday. We're going to do a whole SummerSlam preview talking about every match, make our predictions. We're going to have some guests make their predictions on the show. Um, this would be a good time to segue into a promo for that show. If you would like to make your predictions on record, you can at shakethemropes.com. We have a post with all the information on how you can call in or tweet us with your prediction. But Jeff, we're doing something where anyone at all can call in Anytime they want and leave their prediction in a voice message and we can play it on the show. How cool is that? Preferably predictions about SummerSlam. Yes, SummerSlam, not (laughs) whether or not I'm going to off myself to stop hosting the show. The Rapture will be in two years. If you want to predict other things, fine. Just at least make one SummerSlam prediction. But we are doing a SummerSlam special uh, with guests. If you would like your promotions or predictions or promotions, why not? Uh, to be on the show, leave us a voice message, however long you would like, uh, and we will uh, play it on the show. So you can do that uh, by calling us at 260-494-3811 or on Skype. The Skype name is Let's Say Things, and you can get all our info on Twitter at Shake Them Ropes. So please, by all means, we want to know what you guys are thinking about uh, SummerSlam because I have a feeling that there's going to be a lot of differing opinions on quite a few of the matches coming up on SummerSlam. So we need some tiebreakers. Uh, those so, are the fun. Those are the fun kinds of shows. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, show. There's a lot of matches on this show where I'm gonna go up to the wire on choosing who I think is going to win, and not gonna lie, the main event right now can go either way for me. You are not alone in that. Yeah. So uh, if you have a prediction for Brock Lesnar, John Cena, or any other matches on the card, give us a call. Leave a voice message. We'll play it. Uh, and we will uh, get that on the air. So that'll be Thursday we're releasing that show. Uh, so I look forward to making the predictions. I look forward to seeing some of uh, the thoughts from our guests on that show. Uh, it'll be fun. 
That's Thursday. Getting back to Raw, we had step one of the Stephanie McMahon revenge plan. Stephanie comes out. For the whole first hour of the show, we were getting hyped up that Stephanie was going to confess something to Brie Bella. And she didn't do the confession herself. She brought someone else in to confess something to Brie Bella. She brought in Daniel Bryan's physical therapist, Megan Miller, as if you could not have a more plain name. Claire Lynch 2, Electric Boogaloo. Yeah, kind of the same look, the same exact thing. Uh, Daniels, uh, Christopher Daniels and Kazarian on Twitter, as this was going on, tweeted out, don't blame us for this one. We had nothing to do with it. No, but uh, overall, worst segment of the year, but it oh, God, made, no. sense, made sense storyline-wise. God, no, is it the worst segment of the year? Come on. There's been so many Santino segments. There, We just had last week or two weeks ago Adam Rose looking into the Oculus mirror. Yeah, but that was for a commercial. That Doesn't wasn't matter. for a res- it, wrestling it, segment. It's still in the show. It's a segment. I count how, it. Okay, how far, were your pants count off, it. how far were your pants off when Stephanie was screaming yes? Be honest. I <laughs> I wasn't that into Stephanie on this show to be honest. She came out in this outfit. Well, she came out in this outfit that I was like, is she wearing scrubs? Did she forget her luggage somewhere or something? She she don't want no scrubs. A scrub is a guy that can't get no love from her. Her. Yes. <laughs> wow. Was that song released in the 90s? Yes. Was it is it that old scrubs? Yeah. Oh, we miss you left eye. Um you miss her. Andre Ryzen. Just, 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 sure. just, just go on when I make those comments. Stephanie McMahon comes out, brings out Megan Miller. Megan Miller proceeds to, at Stephanie's leading, she's kind of nervous and anxious. She says that she's been having an affair with Daniel Bryan. So out comes Brie Bella. Brie Bella storms to this lady that she apparently believes, like, her, apparently her marriage is just not strong enough to where she believes every word that some stranger is going to say on who national needs, television. Who needs evidence? No, no evidence needed. Take uh, people at their word. Yeah, goes out, slaps this girl. In wrestling. Slaps this girl in the ring and then takes down Stephanie McMahon. All the uh, former wrestlers come out to uh, separate them. Stephanie screams that she can't wait till SummerSlam. She's going to finish Brie off tonight. And that match would apparently happen later. Brie Bella against Stephanie McMahon. That was part one. I do not agree with the fact that this was the worst segment ever because of what happened later. I didn't say ever. I said this year. Of this year. I still don't believe it. Stephanie was excellent in the segment. Just mocking Brie Bella. Putting this over. Brie Bella's acting is never any good. And it really wasn't good on this show. Because again... How foolish are you to come out and just believe what this woman says? Well, this show proved that my prediction last week was wrong. Kane is not going to be involved on the side of Bree because he is now corporate Kane mm-hmm. again in yeah. a terrible, horrible move. Uh, but it does raise one suspicion in my head. Who stooged the picks? Well, okay. Here, Well, no. This... This tells me that you didn't get, you didn't understand the point of this segment. Oh, no, I, I think I know the point. I think I know where you're going. You're going to say that this was all a ruse by yes, Stephanie. there's no and, affair. And it was a way for oh, her no, to no, get no, revenge. No. I don't, 
well, no, I don't. But but what I'm saying is is no, I, I get I get that part of it. That part's true, but you still have to have photos. Of what? And I think and I think that's where Nikki comes in. I think Nikki took photos of uh, the, the. Never mind. Okay, well, never mind. We'll get into think, part two. I think, and you, I think I think Nikki's involved. Somehow. You're gonna have to un- tell me what you mean by that because I, okay. I don't. Um, but we'll get to uh, part two here uh, in a bit. Uh, Cesaro is a complete geek. Cesaro yes. lost Jack Swagger. Yes, Roman Reigns was booked in the worst kind of booking where you kill your tag team division while. Not only that, apparently now running a guy into the post is a DQ, Mm -hmm. which is news to me. And he cuts a a horribly written promo. See, I didn't think the promo side was that bad, but the promo was it wasn't great. Promo was good up until that. What do you call a snake without fangs? The worm line. Not a big fan. You call it a lizard, but. You call it a worm. I mean, that's a not a, that's not that's not a tough guy line. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you yeah, whatever. It just it did nothing for me, and I don't like I don't like I don't like that style of match where you put in the guy you're trying to get over as a superstar against a tag team. I just don't. Two guys should always be able to beat one, in my opinion, unless unless they're small geeks against a big guy. But Ryback and Axel Ryback should be a co- they should be a competent tag team at this point. Nope, not anymore. No, okay. Nope, just complete utter failures. Big time failures. Mm. What are you gonna do? Um, before we go too much, uh, we were watching main event last week, and we both made some uh, errors on the show. I I, I I was watching main event, and we had Stardust and Goldust against Heath Slater and Titus O'Neil, Slater Gator. Mm-hmm. And I said on the show, because I didn't actually see the finish, I just assumed that the Rhodes were going to win that match, because why wouldn't they? Turns out Slater Gator won that match. So I have to correct myself there. And then you got Man Cow and Bubba the Love Sponge confused. Yeah, how dare I? How dare you, indeed. Mine, I, mine, mine's more... Yours is blasphemous. I was getting legal what? letters You're from a Man journalist. Cow. You're a journalist. You should be able to know your facts. I yeah. Instead of just assuming that one thing's going to happen in a worked sport, I'm a clown. Okay, <laughs> as long as we uh, realize that. Oh, I know my place. So we talked about part one. Let's just get right to uh, part two of the Stephanie McMahon revenge plan while we're thinking about it. Mm-hmm. So Brie Bella comes out for this match that they were going to have. All right, and Stephanie comes out, of course, not dressed to wrestle. She's still in her scrubs. Oh, Brie Bella, I'm sorry. We can't have this match now because you're about to get arrested. And the plot was exposed. Stephanie McMahon brought this woman out so that she could tell this bullshit story and Brie Bella would be mad enough to attack her because you see, Megan Miller is not a wrestler. She is a civilian, much like Brie Bella was a couple of weeks ago when Brie slapped, or when Brie was slapped by Stephanie McMahon. So Brie slaps this woman. Stephanie brings out the police officers and they are arresting Brie Bella this arrest angle did not go over as well as Stephanie's arrest. That's for sure. Well, you can't slap a employee with benefits. You should know from Alberto Del Rio, the choice between independent contractor and paid employee. So this physical therapist is not an employee at all. So that, so she's pressing charges. No, well, she is an employee, but she's not a performer. No, she's not an employee of WWE at all. She's Daniel oh. Bryan's physical therapist, not WWE's. Ah. 
Okay. So she's not a performer and person involved in the wrestling at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so of course, Bree's getting arrested. And that was Stephanie's plan was to I get thought... the humiliation back to Brie Bella. And then she'll get the win at SummerSlam. But this was the humiliation factor. It was all plot. There's no forget anything about an affair. There's no affair going on. No, I know there's no affair. I just, I just, you know, I'm, I, it, it's more the connection between the physical therapist and Stephanie. I thought maybe possibly, eh, okay, cool. Whatever. No, you're right. I'll, I'll recant anything I was thinking. How about yeah. that? Okay. The, my, th- my thing was, I, I, I hated, shut up. I hated, <laughs> I hated breathe. <laughs> Anytime Rob's right, he remembers well, it's it still it still doesn't change the fact that Brie Bella was awful in this segment. For one, you had no she trust. Should've, she should have been arrogant and defiant in her arrest. And plus, were those the same she, cops? How do they have jurisdiction in Portland? Nope, they were different cops. Oh, they were different. Okay. They were different cops. So these cops come out. Yeah, Brie Bella is not taking the arrest like Stephanie did. Stephanie is indignant. She's like, what are you arresting me for? Do you know who I am? Blah, blah, well, blah. She was, she was crying. and, and Brie and was what, crying and pleading, oh, I didn't do anything. She was a yeah. 10-year-old kid who got caught stealing cookies. Yeah, Brie should have said, this is a joke. I'm going to kick your butt when I, once I get bail. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come after you. You know, almost you know, like, like other, you know, wrestling baby faces do. You know, your Austins of the it, world. It, well, well, that, it's not, you know, we can compare it for the baby face aspect, but yeah. Is Steve Austin crying when cops come up to him? No. no, he's threatening to kick them in the face. I don't. Oh, I don't want Brie Bella threatening to kick anybody no. in the face. She might do but that. She should be as is. Why not? You know, bring her by Stephanie. The cops are leading her out. She's just staring a hole through Stephanie. Maybe yeah. tries to kick her or something. Just but you can't glare. be crying. You're a little just, baby. Just glare at her. You're That's crying. All you need to do. And plus, why are you talking again? Hasn't anybody in this company learned anything? You don't talk to cops once they read your Miranda rights. Right. Get a lawyer. Mm-hmm. Get David Otunga. Why not? He ain't doing nothing. He's not doing a single thing. So that was the two-part Stephanie McMahon revenge plan. I thought Stephanie was brilliant in both things, as per usual. So I still have her atop my uh, listings for non-wrestler of and, the year. And I use facts and logic to dictate what I determine is the best performer of the year. And so it's you're still Heyman. with me. It's Stephanie. No, it's still Heyman. But uh, continue. I don't know where facts and logic come into play there. I just don't. You are just so wrong on I this. Just, I, I don't. I don't know. I mean, she's just so awesome. Um, we had a sit down interview with Bray Wyatt and Chris uh, Jericho. Chris Jericho doing his best Mike Tenay facial impression. <laughs> during the segment just giving Bray Wyatt Bray Wyatt speaking almost the entire time and, and Chris Jericho's there like he wants to punch Bray in the face but he can't so his face is like angry but also reserved at the same time mm-hmm. he's got his lips all clenched together uh, a quite bit, the look little, for Chris Jericho a little bit like the uh the Max Kellerman sit downs for boxing if you've ever Why seen not? those well I mean that's kind of what the, the playoff of it was yeah um I thought Bray was all right here. Uh, again, they've been saying the same things for four weeks now. What did Bray said? Bray said something. He uh, did. Did you in your dreams? Do you remember disappointing your daddy? Right. You know, all, that, all that kind of stuff. Uh, I thought it was a great idea. I didn't like Bray here. Okay. I I thought Bray did well for what he was supposed to do, but the character. 
almost a whimsical character who appears in dreams and and it's i wanted a little more menace i guess a little more threat like i'm sitting in a room with you right now i could destroy you Mm -hmm. but i'm not you know kind of thing i wanted more more heat there between the two of them as opposed to just talking between the two of them i thought jericho jericho just sitting there doing the slow burn and his reaction was okay He's a survivor. I, I'm happy they didn't go the route of them getting in a physical confrontation. Mm-hmm. But I thought Jericho, you know, you never know what Chris Jericho, life is like a box of chocolates. You never know which Chris Jericho you're going to get. You know, that that kind of came off a little meh, as if he's going to do like a Foley gimmick in terms of his multiple personalities. But He was uh, suited Chris Jericho again. All dressed yeah. up for the sit-down yeah. interview. Not rock star Chris Jericho. I think, you know what? If he had just said nothing and left, I would have been fine with that. Mm-hmm. Just storm off. Okay. Like, this is such Or just say, this is such crap and leave. Uh, but but it was the Bray Wyatt part of it. I mean, I thought Bray delivered his lines okay. I just didn't think his lines meant much. That's all. Yeah, well, they haven't meant much for a while because he's been saying the same thing for seven months now. That said, it was an outstanding idea. Good idea. That way, Bray is not, he's not cutting the promo in front of the live crowd, which tends to sometimes detract and whatnot. And and good on the Portland crowd for wetting that, uh, the, the Claire Lynch clone. Good on that. Because <laughs> she almost broke. That was it a was, great reaction. She was almost corpsing. Yes, it was that, great. That was, a, that was a pretty good reaction from the crowd but, in Portland. But it was different, and I like different. It I was mean, funny. The, the, the build for uh, the build for Lesnar and Cena, Cena has been different, and that's mm-hmm. part of what's made it awesome. So the you would have Chris Jericho out on the stage for the main event segment with Hulk Hogan. So all he did on this show was do a backstage promo. The crowd never got to see him do anything in front of the in front of them. Uh, I thought that was funny, unless maybe he was on a pre-show match or something like that on Superstars, but I doubt it. So I, at first, I thought maybe they didn't even bring Chris Jericho into the show. But no, he was there. He was on stage. Uh, before we get to the main event segment, anything else of note on Raw? I thought the Miz's line about there won't be a Marine 5 was funny. Other than that, not a lot to discuss. Although, uh, the Orton-Sheamus match, Sheamus is a guy with nothing going on, and I thought they might, you know, do something more with him. But the ending of that was pure baby face. For Orton? Yeah. Well, it was a cool spot, so he gets cheers when he hits RKO's out of nowhere. Yeah, I know, and and I guess maybe even cocky heel. Maybe I'm wrong on that. Maybe I read it wrong. No, I liked. I I enjoyed that match quite a bit. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's the most enjoyable I've seen Sheamus in a while. Swagger Cesaro was a again eh. nothing. Uh, It was Hulk Hogan's birthday on Monday. Hulk Hogan had a birthday celebration. We had special guests arriving. No Sting. No sting. No sting. Um, but we did have Roddy Piper, Mr. Wonderful, who came out to no reaction. Well, I mean, he's one of those guys that hasn't appeared in a while uh, except for that one brief one. On and I don't, I don't, he's not the type like a Brett, a Bret Hart was where he's a guy who's never appeared for a while that has a clamoring for him. Right. People he, don't care that he hasn't appeared for a while. People, it's kind of if you brought back... Oh, who who could you bring back from that time? At like S.D. Jones, if he's still alive. I don't know if he is. I don't think he is. 
But no, just someone from like very early, early, early WWF He's that, that, you know, the generations have passed. So it's like, and since he wasn't around, but I'd give his mustache the Intercontinental Belt tomorrow. That thing is fantastic. Pretty good one. Yep, pretty good one. Uh, we had Roddy Piper, Mr. Wonderful, Ric Flair appeared, did not say a word, just looked appeared. Looked good. He looked all right, yeah. He looks his age, which is all right. Looked sober. Yep. Uh, and then the what I would consider the big surprise, Scott Hall and Kevin Nash as the NWO. Now, were they a surprise or was giving them a microphone a surprise? Giving Scott Hall the microphone was a huge surprise. Even Nash. I'm surprised he didn't let Nash get a little dig in on punk. I really am uh, for some I, reason. It's not about punk. No. It's a night but, about Hogan. But Nash is such a slick talker. He could have fitted in. So like a re- Here's what a real champ not working at the Waffle House looks like or something like that. I was expecting it. And then he went into happy birthday, which even better. Good. Be be quick and to the point. Don't ramble. We uh, like, like me right mm-hmm. now. Rambling. Continue. UFC is announcing that they are going to refund ticket purchasers of uh, 178, I think it is. Whatever show that John Jones and Daniel Cormier were on. That'd be 178. That's a new one. Issuing refunds for ticket buyers. Well, if you don't want to go to the show, yes. That's a new one. They don't do that. You get a new Um, card, card subject to change, but now they're issuing ticket refunds. So that's uh, cool on them. I will have to consider it then. Consider going to the show or did you buy tickets? I have a ticket. Oh, interesting. Yeah, maybe uh, maybe you can do that because your new main event is going to be nobody. I don't know what the main event's going to be. No idea. Uh, but anyway, the main event segment on Raw, we had those guys. Scott Hall cutting his uh, usual survey promo, which it seemed like some of the fans remembered. Not everyone. Uh, but he cut his promo. Hulk Hogan came out in a red and yellow shirt. Scott Hall got him to rip that up and, and display an NWO shirt. So for the rest of the segment, Hulk Hogan was wearing the NWO colors. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was fine. It didn't do much to hype the pay-per-view until the last minute. Hulk Hogan is getting sung happy birthday by Kevin Nash. Brock Lesnar comes out. And boy, for Brock Lesnar, Brock Lesnar stormed to that ring. Yep. He rushed out there. Everyone Best separated. Hey, Heyman's facials here. Paul, Fantastic. Paul Heyman was telling all the wrestlers on stage to stay back. You're not going to want any part of this. And they obliged. They did not come out to help Hulk Hogan. Uh, Brock Lesnar staring off with Hulk. No one knows exactly what he's going to do. And John Cena ran in and made the save. They didn't touch. But Brock Lesnar slowly got out of the ring because he knows his time with Cena is coming up on Sunday. So John Cena was there to save Hulk Hogan. And then we had a few extra moments of the birthday bash on the WWE Network. But that's your main event. Brock Lesnar and John Cena. John Cena protecting everybody. But can he protect his title this Sunday at SummerSlam? And that was WWE Raw ending on the right note, I thought. Really hyping up this match. And then we had an extra hour of footage on the network hyping up this match. Uh, So overall, a pretty good night to hype up SummerSlam, which you can see for less than 13 bucks a month on Sunday. I don't think the legends did much to help this because some of them couldn't keep a straight face or a scared face. And it almost, you Rick, know, if Jim, if Jim Cornette had been there, he'd have slapped Santino. Well, Rick Flair, who Santino, the boogeyman, uh, the story of the boogeyman when he debuted, 
Okay. When he came out and everybody and they had workers in the crowd who were supposed to run away and act scared and Santino stayed there and laughed. So right. so Cornette slapped him afterwards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that was a joke. I'm Rick sorry. Rick Flair Continue. was nodding his head in approval at Brock Lesnar. He's like, Yeah, Brock Lesnar. All right. It's almost as if he wanted to fight because after I liked the little shoulder dig. Who did he do the shoulder dig on? The first guy he, he stared down. Uh the first guy would have been Piper. Piper. Yeah. Yeah, he gave him kind of a shoulder to say, you know, out of my way. Well, Brock was great here, you know, get out of my ring or party's over, grandpa. I thought that was cool. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Orndorf kind of corpsing a bit. Uh, you know, Nash and Hall kind of there. You know, it was good. I did like that Nash threw Gene Okerlund in front of him. That was Yeah. Well Nash <laughs> was, Nash knows how to react. Or not Nash Hall. Hall did that. My fault. Uh yeah. Was, I mean I, I liked yeah. the segment overall. I I'm I'm being nitpicky right there, but uh, overall I thought it was good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I like the segment. I they didn't battle and brawl, which is good. Uh, I it's it's a good way to go out. It did break the streak of Stephanie McMahon being in the main events on Raw. Uh, so a little sad to see that streak go. Yeah, but. but you got an upgrade with Heyman being great and being uh, just yeah. the most awesome performer this year, and uh, without a doubt. Well, <laughs> we'll see who wins. We'll see who wins the award. As long as it's not a popularity contest, Stephanie should win. Get down to the merits. Oh, come on! It's all Stephanie. Um, Kevin Steen or Kevin Steen? Kevin Steen? Kevin Steen? Kevin has- Sting? I said Kevin Steen. Okay. Maybe it sounded like Sting. Maybe Kevin Sting is going to show up. Maybe that'll be Sting's new name. Kevin Steen, former ROH champion. A man called Steen. Steen has been announced as signing with NXT, a move that was uh, a while in the making. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are a lot of people. Have you seen the photo with Triple yeah. H shaking hands with Kevin Steen? Mm-hmm. The smirk on Triple H's face. It's getting a lot of people talking. Mm-hmm. Some people saying, um, yeah, it's a photo. Triple H is smiling like you do in photos. Shut up. Other people reading a lot into the body language of Triple H, a stern kind of half smile. And some people are thinking, yeah, I signed this guy, Internet. Guess what I'm about to do to him? What do you think about Kevin <sighs> Steen joining the NXT roster with the likes of Prince Devitt and Sami Zayn and. Kenta. I like Steen a lot. Uh, I, if you combine that with the body language of Steen kind of looking a little, you know, kind of a little slumped, a little bit of a frown on his face, I think they were trying to get the response that they got. How about that? Mm-hmm. They're getting a response. I think people want to read into it what they want to read into it. Let's, you know, let's hold off, kids. I don't read it much into it. I mean, it's Kevin I Steen. Did, I didn't either. I just thought I thought they I thought it was Steen and Triple H. Go, hey, let's you know this. I'll smirk. You be kind of sad and forlorn, and we'll get people talking about how you're going to be misused in a month <laughs> where there's been a lot of serious trolling going on. Uh, Dan Lebatard getting suspended for serious trolling of Cleveland oh, Cavaliers that was, fans. That was an injustice. Epic. But now you have Triple H trolling so hard. Triple H made a tweet just about an hour ago from us recording this. Um, Prince Devitt released a picture of him doing the click hand signal with Kevin Steen. Well, Bullet Club does that too. Yeah, but it's the click hand signal. True. And Bullet Club does it. 
They've yeah. been doing that hand signal. They did it, uh, or he did it with Kevin Steen. This picture got released. Triple H made an Instagram and Twitter post with that photo. And all he says is interesting, dot, dot, dot. He is so awesome at trolling everybody. Oh, yeah. And plus, since NXT doesn't really matter in continuity, it's its own universe. Interesting, he says. And I'm seeing people tweeting, oh, my God, Triple H is going to bury him. Oh, Kevin Steen they, already off to a They buried him because they used the hand signal. Yeah. Who do you think you are, Kevin Steen? I'm going to job you out to CJ Parker Oof. on television in a minute. And then I'm going to have Bull Dempsey sit on your face. There's there's nothing like a wrestler with an environmentalist gimmick, is there? Um, especially one where it's an environmentalist gimmick that can't spell correctly. Yeah, or uses kind of shaky science. But nevertheless. Nevertheless. What are you going to do? Uh, NXT, a whole lot of things going on. Um, did you watch the last couple of weeks of NXT? Uh, I've, I've kind of on well, double speed. Let me ask you this. Have you seen... Did you watch Becky Lynch against, uh, I believe it was Summer Rae? Might have been Charlotte. Yes. yes. Uh, where they, I, I, watched, I know the match you're talking about. They retooled her character. Mm-hmm. She's no longer the jigging Irish girl. She's Good. still Irish, but she's yes. more serious. Mm. She's a serious competitor now. Serious Irish. She's a serious Irish woman. But they're just taking away the jig, doing the Irish jig, the entire match and the entire Good. entrance. They took it away. Yes. Positive. A, a huge plus. Try not, don't make your your talent look like stupid people. But the point of that is to say that when characters debut on NXT, because you know when Fergal Devitt debuts, you know when Kevin Steen debuts, if there's one thing about the character that people don't like, it's going to be, oh, they're already ruining him. They oh. adjust these characters, sometimes rapidly, sometimes it takes a little bit. The way you see them the first time on NXT is not going to be the final package at all. Just not. They use Wait. this as a developmental program. They are going to retool these guys as they go along to see what works, what doesn't. So don't freak out when you see Fergal Devitt coming out as a, maybe he comes out in the Union Jack shirt and he's all super British guy or whatever. Just calm down, everybody. The, the first groans will come when the name happens. Mm-hmm. And, you know, but there is, you know, there is a point to that. The, the the whole thing about NXT and putting it on live is you're conditioning a certain segment of fans. I'm doing my hard S's today. Never mind. You're doing a, a certain segment of fans. Uh, you're, you're, you're conditioning them to like this new crop so that they can, you know, tell their friends when they get brought up and whatnot. And you're putting this process on television. So I can see the criticism. Honestly. Yeah. Oh, I... I mean, I think the, I think the criticism is valid, but I get to your point that, yes, it's development and they're working on the kinks. But at the same time, it's on the air. There shouldn't be necessarily kinks. I mean, but then again, you it's know, on the air on the network in the developmental. Know, well, well, on your main program, you have, uh, you know, the intelligent men slash black man group play on blue men group. Apparently not anymore. Not anymore. So things it, matter and things don't at their whimsy. So I tell you it doesn't, what, yeah. With, I know all three are on the main roster and everything like that, and you don't want to send Kofi Kingston down to developmental, whatever. That's a gimmick that they probably should have tested out in NXT first and then brought up. It, 
there's no harm in sending main roster guys down to NXT to try new things. At least try them new in front of a crowd that might be a little bit more supportive, might be able to get them a little bit more confidence, but you can also see if it works or not. That's just, one thing I haven't seen them do a lot is send uh, guys down to developmental to maybe tweak their characters a bit. No, they don't do that. They do that to make guys in developmental look good in defeat, I guess. Mm-hmm. They're not quite main roster ready, but boy, they looked good here. I think someone got in somebody's ear and said, look, even though it's subtle, we can't do this. And maybe even the Del Rio firing, I don't had a lot to do with it in terms of the racial component to to that whole story and they just said hey we're gonna drop this before we even get into it because you know we've taken enough heat over different things including lana who hasn't spoken in a couple weeks if you'll notice yeah she's Um, been pretty quiet yeah so i mean maybe you know they're they're anticipating criticism before they get it sure thing uh that was uh raw and kevin steen and we're gonna be Back on Thursday again with our SummerSlam preview special where we're going to give predictions for every match. And we should have all the matches after the SmackDown tapings tonight. Um, I'm pretty sure we had all the matches already. They might still announce one more for like a pre-show. But we're going to have all the matches we're going to predict. We're going to give our thoughts about the the quick buildup to every match that's going to be on this show. I am crunching numbers. I have statistics. I have history. I have almanacs. I I am going to be a professor. All right. Well, hopefully you'll tell us exactly what's going to happen and uh, we'll see who who is correct the most in the predictions. I believe I went one for seven or maybe one for eight on Battleground. So uh, hopefully I do a little bit better this time. I hope not. <laughs> I may not either. I may just pick every single wrong one. Yeah. Um, but that's going to be on Thursday. We're going to have the SummerSlam preview special again. If you would like to get your predictions in, tweet us at Shake Them Ropes. Or give us a call at 260-494-3811 or on Skype at Let's Say Things. Uh, give us a call. You'll have the option to leave a voice message, which you can do with your prediction. And we will play it on the show uh, throughout. So do that for us. Uh, we would appreciate that. Uh, and then we'll be back next Tuesday. We might take some calls during the show. So if you want to call in live and talk with us about the fallout from SummerSlam, you can do that also. Uh, that'll be Shake Them Ropes coming up. So a two Shake Them Ropes week this week. Uh, should be fun stuff as we head into SummerSlam. On a scale of 1 to 10, Jeff, how excited are you for SummerSlam? For the main event, very much so. Everything else, mm, 6 or 7. 6 or 7. All right. Well, I you know, we'll see. I mean, I'm interested. I'm very interested in a lot of the, in, in how these matches go. You know, the Page AJ, Rollins and Ambrose. Even even the Swagger Rusev match, I'm quite interested in to see how they're going to how they're going to swing that. I I'm interested too because so the rules of this capture the flag it is going to be a capture the flag apparently no pin or submissions. Um, we'll make our predictions, but if they have Rusev win this match, that's so it's a flag on a pole match. Flag on a pole. You got to mm-hmm. get to the other side and capture the flag. Uh, if Rusev wins that match and is waving the Russian flag in victory in Los Angeles, California. Hopefully it gets the kind of heat it deserves if that's what uh, in does indeed happen. Depends how big the Armenian crowd is. Uh, yeah, it definitely <laughs> it depends on that very much. You are correct, I, I, sir. Yes, no, you are right. Um, <laughs> WWE main event is happening on WWE Network. If you cannot watch it live and just want to know what happens, you can catch my review at VoicesOfWrestling.com. Uh, Jeff, do you have any plugs for this week? 
You want to plug your Twitter feed with all its knowledge and... Mm, if you want to follow me, follow me at, at crapgame13, but it's mostly just self-involved crap. Yeah. And believe me, as a follower of crapgame13, I can verify that. Mm-hmm. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm interesting at times. That's about it. You can follow me at Let's Say Things. I tweet things and then delete them immediately. So you can follow that. Be one of the lucky <laughs> ones to see my words written a minute before they're deleted. Do you really? Not all the time. Sometimes. Oh, wow. Sometimes. Protective. Protective of your image, huh? Hey, I want to make sure that what goes out there is positive and I fail at it every time. So uh, that is Shake Them Ropes for today. We'll be back on Thursday with a new edition. Hope you enjoyed it. Uh, comment on our iTunes or Stitcher. Subscribe, all that good stuff. And you can get all our info at shakethemropes.com. And we'll see you on Thursday. Nine ninety nine. If you would like to get in contact with us here at Shake Them Ropes, there are plenty of ways to do so. Follow us on Twitter at Shake Them Ropes to get our upcoming recording schedule, as well as call-in information and the topics we'll be discussing. You can email us at rob at shakethemropes.com. That's rob at shakethemropes.com. Or give us a call with your comments and opinions anytime. Our landline number is 260-494-3811. And our Skype name is Let's Say Things. That's L-A-T-S-S-A-Y-T-H-I-N-G-S. Let's Say Things on Skype. You can call us anytime, whether we're recording or not. Just leave a voicemail with your comments, and we can play them on our next show. Also, if we are recording live, you can call in and talk to us live, and that'll be on our next show. All call-in info will be posted on our Twitter, at ShakeThemRopes, so you can follow that Twitter handle and know exactly when we'll be taking your live calls. If you like the show, please subscribe and rate us on iTunes, Stitcher, or any of your favorite podcasting platforms. We do have all our subscription info up on the About page at shakethemropes.com. It'll have links to the iTunes feed, the Stitcher feed, and our RSS feed, so you can put it into any podcasting platform on your Android phone, tablet, whatever the case may be. Uh, So go to the About page at shakethemropes.com. You can also find us on the Voices of Wrestling podcast network, at Voices Wrestling on Twitter and VoicesOfWrestling.com. Voices of Wrestling covers the world of WWE, independence, and is your premier source in the U.S. for New Japan Pro Wrestling coverage. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com. In a world of one million wrestling podcasts, there is a new shining star with great interviews, analysis, music, and and me, Matt Coon, on total engagement. Go to any podcast platform to listen today. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park.
Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. 